Hello, and welcome to PrimeMed's News and Updates podcast. This series is intended to provide clinicians with the latest updates in primary care. Topics covered in today's episode include acetaminophen in pregnancy, aspirin for primary prevention, and caring for kidney disease. Acetaminophen in pregnancy may affect childhood behavior. Acetaminophen use in mid to late pregnancy may have an adverse effect on early childhood neurocognitive outcome, according to a study published online September 15th in Pediatric and Perinatal Epidemiology. Jean Golding, Ph.D., from Bristol Medical School at the University of Bristol in the United Kingdom, and colleagues examined the correlation between acetaminophen intake at 18 to 32 weeks of gestation and childhood behavioral and cognitive outcomes in a large population. Data were obtained from the Avon Longitudinal Study of Parents and Children at 32 weeks of gestation. The researchers identified 15 variables that were independently associated with taking acetaminophen. These variables were used as potential confounders. 56 outcomes of the 135 neurocognitive variables considered were identified for adjusted analyses. 12 variables were identified that showed significant independent associations with acetaminophen use at P less than 0.05. Four of these variables had an association at P less than 0.0001. All 12 related to child behaviors reported by the mother at 42 and 47 months. The 12 variables were mainly features of hyperactive or attentive behavior. Few associations were seen with behavioral and neurocognitive outcomes after age 7 to 8 years as reported by the mother or teacher. Our findings add to a series of results concerning evidence of the possible adverse effects of taking paracetamol during pregnancy, such as issues with asthma or behavior in the offspring, Golding said in a statement. It reinforces the advice that women should be cautious when taking medication during pregnancy and to seek medical advice where necessary. Aspirin for primary prevention may offer net benefit for some. Aspirin for primary prevention of cardiovascular disease, or CVD, is likely to result in a net benefit for some patients, according to a study published online September 17th in the Annals of Internal Medicine. Vanessa Selak from the University of Auckland in New Zealand and colleagues conducted an individualized benefit-harm analysis to identify individuals without CVD for whom aspirin would probably result in a net benefit. Data were included for 245,028 persons aged 30 to 79 years without established CVD. The researchers found that if one CVD event was assumed to be equivalent in severity to one major bleed, 2.5% of women and 12.1% of men were likely to have a net benefit from aspirin treatment for five years. If one CVD event was assumed to be equivalent to two major bleeds, 21.4% of women and 40.7% of men were likely to have a net benefit. Compared with net harm subgroups, 
subgroups with net benefit had higher baseline CVD risk, higher levels of most established CVD risk factors, and lower levels of bleeding-specific risk factors. Some persons without CVD are likely to derive net benefits from aspirin, the authors write. They could be identified by using a personalized benefit-harm analysis, and sharing the findings of such an analysis with patients might support more informed decision-making. Primary care faces challenges in caring for kidney disease. Primary care providers, or PCPs, report substantial but modifiable barriers to caring for patients with chronic kidney disease, or CKD, according to a study published online August 22nd in PLOS 1. C. John Spirati, MD, from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore, and colleagues surveyed and conducted focus groups of 32 community-based PCPs in four U.S. cities, Baltimore, St. Louis, Raleigh, North Carolina, and San Francisco, to identify key barriers and facilitators to the management of patients with CKD in primary care. The researchers reported that PCPs identified multiple barriers to managing CKD in primary care, including at the patient level, with low awareness of CKD, poor adherence to treatment recommendations, at the provider level, staying current with CKD guidelines, and the healthcare system, examples being inflexible electronic medical records and limited time and resources. 14 of 31 respondents said that they did not follow professional society guidelines. Further, only 2 of 32 said that they had educational tools and resources available to help patients understand and self-manage their day-to-day -day CKD needs. Ideas to improve CKD care included electronic prompts and lab decision support, concise guidelines, and health care financing reform. The National Kidney Foundation and others in the nephrology community have worked hard to engage primary care physicians in the management of CKD patients, and this study should help to further refine and strengthen those efforts, Spirati said in a statement. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your hosts have been PrimeMed Digital's Lee Tatro and Kevin Foley. News content provided by Health Day. All rights reserved. See you next time.